I'm Dr. Jay Anders, and this is Tell Me Where It Hurts, where we discuss some of the big challenges in health IT and how we can solve them so clinicians can do what they do best, care for patients. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Tell Me Where It Hurts. Today's guest uh, is well-known in the industry and has been around a long time, but one of the interesting things about our guest today is he has a very similar path that I did um, getting into this particular business of healthcare IT. And it was interesting, I actually ran into one of my old colleagues at HIMSS who has been around since I think God created computers. But anyway, he's a physician. Um, he's more on the programming side because he has a computer science degree. And he asked me, he says, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing fine, it's great. What, do you like your job? And he, I said, yeah, I think I've got, right now, I think I have a dream job. I really enjoy what I'm doing. It uses my medical knowledge and, and we can really uh, make a difference. He said, do you miss your patients? And that got me thinking. Um, you know, I practiced medicine as a general internist for 20 years. And he said, well, what makes the difference here? If you're not seeing patients, you, you really like what you're doing? I said, yeah, I do. Well, why do you do it? Well, I told him, I said, this is the answer I've given us several times. I said, when I was seeing patients, you know, I would see between 6,000 patient visits a year or thereabouts, both hospital and, and outpatient. So I would help that many folks for that year. In this job, if I do it the way I wanna do it, which I have been, I can make a difference in a heck of a lot more patients' lives. I can make it better for a lot of people. And I can also make it better for the clinicians that are actually practicing medicine. So our guest today is, is the chief medical officer of Greenway Health, Dr. Michael Blackman. Um, prior to joining Greenway, he was the medical director at Population Health and All, at Allscripts. Before that, he was a chief medical officer for McKesson's Enterprise Information Systems Division, where I met him. And earlier, he was an early leader in development of electronic prescribing, which is a real um, interesting segment of this to get it right and make sure that errors are eliminated and things like that. Uh, Dr. Blackman got his bachelor's degree in political science from Brown University, where he also earned his doctor of medicine degree. He completed a residency in internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Miami Jackson Memorial Hospital. God bless him for the pediatrics part of that. And he holds an MBA from the University of Michigan. He likes to ski. Uh, he also enjoys travel and is one state away from all 50 states. And I'm just two away. I've got the same passion. So, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jay. It's great to be here today. So, as I mentioned before, your, your road into healthcare IT is interesting. It's a little bit it's related to mine in a bit, but tell us a little bit about how you got involved doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, it, it, it's Sort of both an interesting and somewhat long story, but when I was first in, in full-time practice, um, the hospital I was working for was putting in a, an EHR, and this you know, predates meaningful use. So I like to say we, we were doing it for the right reasons, um, because we thought we were, it was going to make a difference, and we could do it in the way we wanted, at the pace we wanted. And I, I was one of those people who would sort of look around and look at it and say, did anybody clinical look at this before it went out the door? Um, because some of the stuff didn't make a heck of a lot of sense. And 
the hospital was looking for people who were interested in being on the steering committee and helping do that. And I said, yeah, that's sort of up my alley. I had done information systems consulting before going, before going to medical school. And I said, sure. And then ended up uh, on our vendors advisory board for about oh, seven or eight years. And then an opportunity came along to you know, switch over to the vendor side. And you know, I sort of viewed it as an opportunity, frankly, to put my money where my mouth was. Um, and really wanted to help create a system that clinicians like to use. Um, today, I tell people my goal is to create a system that clinicians love to use and my floor is see value from using. Um, sort of the comment that you made before, there are days when I miss my patients, um, but I do view this as practicing medicine at the macro level where I can affect a large number of patients far more than I could do one at a time. Well, absolutely, I agree with that. So over the years, You've worked with product team, development teams. I did similar work with being on advisory boards and things like that. So what's your approach to clinicians in the EHR process and not just design, but use and input about what they need, want, desire, things like that? I think I really always try to step back to what are people trying to do? You know, what's the out, what's the desired outcome? Um, a lot of people sometimes will focus on, well, I need a button to do this. My first question is, is why? Because there are multiple ways to do something, but if we get the why right, we'll generally, we can figure out the rest of it. But if we start with the how and miss the why, it's never right. So I'm definitely one of those people who push it, pushes back. Now, I'll tell you, you know, a quick story. When I, when I first moved to the vendor side, an engineer called me and said, we're making this change and we can use one stored procedure or two. And I said, well, first, you're going to have to tell me what a stored procedure is. Second, for those who don't know, it's, it's a piece of software code. Um, and I said, you know, it generally isn't having some, more of something better. So why not use three? And he said to me, he said, you don't care, do you? I said, no, not particularly, but let me rephrase the question. You know, does it make the system faster? Does it make it more stable? Does it make it easier to support? Those questions I have an opinion about. How you do it technically after answering that why, yeah, I don't care that much. Well, that's a great answer because we've all been involved over the years with uh, both developers and clinicians where they say, well, I want the box on the left upper corner. No, I want the box on the right upper corner. I don't want a box at all. I want a check mark. There's, there's the, the nits, what I call the nits of development. And then there's Really, what are you doing and what are you getting back when you do it? And that's, that's sometimes hard to convince folks. Yeah, I mean, certainly if you look at those nits, to use your words, those nits of development, and I, I'm sure I'll make some enemies by this statement, is they don't matter that much. The key is that for any given application that it's consistent, that it works the same way from one screen to the next screen so people can learn it and know what to do. You can learn that it's in the left side or the right side, assuming that makes some sense. But when it moves from one place to another, when the, the functionality is different, that's just annoying. Absolutely. Now, we, we were just talking before we started the podcast about COVID-19. We all returned from HIMSS, which was a really good, it was a good meeting. There was a lot of positivity down there. Um, but how has the, the COVID-19 pandemic changed the landscape for healthcare delivery and what you're thinking about and what you're planning for the future? And, and what does it mean for all of us in the industry in terms of maybe a new paradigm like telemedicine and other things? 
You know, I think there are a lot of changes, some of which have been occurring slowly over time. And the pandemic, you know, was, was an accelerator. And telehealth and related systems, um, other kinds of what people tend to refer to as virtual care, I think is the big one there. You know, telehealth certainly isn't new. Um, we've used telehealth in a variety of forms for a number of years, um, whether that be for virtual, you know, remote care from an ICU, remote consults. But truthfully, it wasn't used that much from a patient's home to a clinician. Even in cases where it was used in the outpatient basis for patient consults, uh, people typically went to the physician's office and then had a remote consult with someone someplace else. And the in all candor, I mean, one of the biggest drivers there, you know, which is a result of the pandemic, was the change in reimbursement around, around telehealth and getting it, it paid for. I think we're going to continue to see high usage of telehealth. I think patients have, you know, recognized that, wait a minute, there's another way to do this. Um, there may be a better way to do this. That said, I think there has to be a recognition both by patients and by clinicians. And I think clinicians clearly recognize it. It's, it's a little less so with patients when it's appropriate and when it's not. You know, certainly, you know, Jay, you practice as, a, as an internist, as did I. You know, any number of patients I saw during the course of the day, I often thought, you know, I could have handled this with a phone call or could have handled this remotely. I don't know what the percentage is. I used to think it was about half, just, you know, a non-scientific, you know, looking at my, thinking about my schedule. But, you know, there's still times when you do need to see the person uh, when the person simply wants to come in, frankly. But if I started someone on, on blood pressure medication, want to recheck their blood pressure in two weeks, they have a blood pressure cuff at home that I trust. They don't need to drive to the office to do that. We can have that conversation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting to walk through hymns and see all of the, I would call new vendors in telehealth and digital front ends and all of that. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that came to mind to me, and I've heard this from, from colleagues, you know, when you're somehow people believe the documentation or what you do with an EMR is so totally different with a telemedicine visit. And I'm thinking to myself, really? Um, a note's a note. I mean, there are certain things you can't do over the phone, but what you document as opposed to, you know, disease condition or conditions themselves or all of that really doesn't change over the phone. There's no big shift in what a physician has to do, only they have to, you know, make sure they can make the appropriate judgment for the setting, just like you said. Mm -hmm. So what are the biggest challenges you see right now um, in health IT, as far as products, the national system, where it's headed? Well, I think a number of things there. Obviously we've had, you know, changing regulation and increasing regulation over, over the years. Um, that's gonna continue. I think ideally, you know, if, if the pace of regulation could be predictable, that, that would help. You know, the fact of the matter is that you know, we all need to have appropriately certified systems. We need to build them as vendors. Our clients need them because they're required to use certified systems for use. Um, but sometimes the things that go into the certified system, while certainly directionally correct, any individual may say, well, that doesn't help me. I want you to spend time working on something else, something more innovative. So we need to be able to do both of those things as, as we go forward. I think one of the other shifts, and we started talking about a little bit with, you know, the increased involvement of patients. I love to say that healthcare is much better done with you than to you. So we want the patients involved in their care 
So we've had patient portals a long time, but how do we get people to want to use them? You know, the, if you think about your phone, you pick up your, people pick up their phone all the time and have lots of apps downloaded that they voluntarily go to. How many people voluntarily go to their patient portal? Not that many, relatively speaking. You know, you do it when you, you know, want to pay a bill or want to look up a result that you just got back from a visit you just had. But I think they can be much more than that. They can be sources of information, uh, you know, vetted information that, you know, a, a practice, you know, approves or sends through or whatever, as opposed to a random searching on the internet for who knows what you find. Now, specifically at Greenway, um, what are you, how are you going to address some of these issues, you know, going forward? Because you and I both have the same, I believe, uh, goal in life is to give back something to the docs, make patient care better and, you know, make the whole experience worthwhile. So what's the plans of Greenway doing things like that? Yeah, so at Greenway, we really have a couple of main focuses. One, if we want to help create successful providers by having systems that are easy to use, make a lot, make a lot of sense, that are, that are simple to, to operate, and people see value in using. Second, um, we want to empower patients. You know, give them the information that they need to be actively involved with their care. And, and by our way of thinking, if we do both of those things well, we're going to help create healthier communities. And that's the goal, really. It's not to provide, you know, encourage provision of more health care, but to help improve outcomes. So that's providing better, you know, decision support, better reference material. Frankly, one of the key things you know, one takes away from medical school beyond everything else is you know, where can you go to get information? Because everything that was taught in medical school, you know, essentially in 1950, plus everything that's been learned since is taught today in medical school. There is no possible way that any individual can remember all of that information. So the important thing is to have a structure and know where to look something up when you recognize you don't know something. So bringing that information to the, to the fore for the clinician and making it easy to do. Because if we don't make it easy to do during the regular course of business, most people, and this isn't a knock, people are in the middle of you know, a busy day, they'll go, well, yeah, this is what I know about this and I think I know enough and I'm gonna move forward. As, and you miss things that you know, might've come out in the last you know, year or something like that. So presenting that at the point of care to make it easy to make those, get to those references and so we're looking to integrate from working with a number of partners to integrate that information directly into the system, into the workflow. So it's not a separate step. That would, that's absolutely a great goal to have too. Now you're kind of new at Greenway, given everybody at Greenway has a little bit, their new, new leadership there. So tell me a little about what, what the vision is of your new leadership at Greenway and what you really are trying to bring together. I know you just talked a little bit about that, about that. Can we expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, the leadership team as a whole at Greenway is relatively new. We have a, a new CEO as of, as of January, Pratap Sarkar, who is absolutely wonderful. And, but we, what we really wanna do is we wanna make, and we're strictly focused on the US ambulatory market. We wanna make ambulatory providers and their practices successful. 
So we want to you know, be their go-to vendor, both for, for IT and related services to make their practice work. So people can focus on what they know. Certainly when I was in full-time practice, you know, the competency of the practice was seeing and treating patients. It was not running the IT systems. So we need to take that off their plate. The other piece is to ensure that what we're providing is, you know, consistently reliable. The EHR is much like, you know, our, our phones in some ways have become, you know, not nice to have, but need to have, you know, people expect that the water and the electricity works when they get to the practice every day. The EHR needs to be exactly the same thing. I absolutely re- agree with that. You know, the government in the last couple of years has been working fairly hard. And with the new ONC, we've got 21st Century Cures, we've got TEFCA. We're about to turn on the spigot of all this medical information sharing system to system to system. So how is Greenway going to help their providers get to that relevant information when they need it? Yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest, biggest tricks, frankly. Interoperability between systems has been a goal for a long time, and it works to varying degrees. But I, I think certainly we want to help bring the appropriate information to the, to the fore as people look at a system. Because there's, again, you know, it's sort of the same way there's more medical knowledge out there than one person can know. If you have a complicated patient who you've been seeing for a long time or has been seen by, more importantly, perhaps seen by others for a long time, how do you sort of understand what's in that record? And so we're working with, with partners like, like Medicomp to help point out what information is relevant for the question you're asking. You know, here's all the information about diabetes and here are the relevant pieces. And, you know, certainly with complicated patients, all of the things interact with each other. It's not a function of, oh, this is just for their blood pressure. This is just for their diabetes. This is just for their congestive heart failure. You have to make decisions thinking about all of those three pieces together and what goes across. I just remember back in the old days of paper, because mm-hmm. I practiced at a multi-specialty group practice, 125 of us, the charts that would be delivered to my office were four inches thick sometimes or five inches or in two or three volumes. And it was amazing what you didn't know about a clinical position for a particular patient because you had no way whatsoever to go through all of that medical stuff. So you wound up trying to pick pieces of it that you knew were going to be accurate or from providers you trusted, things like that. It's going to be a whole new ball game now because you're going to get all of this. Some of it's going to be very trustworthy and some of it probably isn't. Um, so the providers are going to have to sift through it. They're going to have to find, you know, the, the clinical truth for an internal medicine that could be, you know, your 85 year old with six different medical problems. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them to do that. Um, I'm really happy to see, you know, Greenway has, has been a little more in the forefront of actually helping physicians deal with this kind of thing, which is going to happen. The ONC was very clear when I talked to him. It's coming. It's going to happen. You don't share it. You're going to get fined. That's oh, no. basically it. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And we're making it, you know, e- working on making it easy to share it, easy to consume that information, be able to see the provenance of that information so you can make a judgment to your point of 
yeah, this is from an organization that I trust or this is an organization, well, maybe not as much. But going back to your comment about, you know, a thick chart or multiple volumes of a thick chart, you know, when we were all on paper, to your point, you couldn't know everything that was in there and nobody really expected that you read it all either. Um, but now all of that information is in the computer and therefore there's a, there's a mysterious thought of, well, because it's in the computer, therefore you must be aware of it. At least mentally, that's no more true electronically than it was on paper. So well, I absolutely need, agree with that. Yeah. So we so we need to be able to use the the system to help a surface important pieces or relevant pieces of information, and b make it easy for someone to find what they're looking for. Absolutely. So Medicomp and Greenway have been partners for a long time it's since the nineties. Um, so that's that's a while in this business. So how do you see um, Medicomp being able to support Greenway in your new vision and where you're going? You know, I think the biggest piece there is as we get to you know, improved interoperability, and there's, a, well, let me back up for a second. There's always a pull between discrete data and narrative data. You can write a note that's a, a wonderfully written note as a communication tool, anybody else reading it would understand what you were thinking, what you saw, what your plan was, what your next steps are. But that note may not have the discrete pieces it needs to, for you know, quality measures and other kinds of reporting programs. So how do we sort of merge those two things together? So you can still have that story that's critically important for taking care of the patient while still capturing the, the, the data points that we use for reporting and ongoing quality improvement. And certainly if we look at you know, the, the, the two most common standardized code sets and thinking about you know, ICD-10 and, and SNOMED, while they both serve tremendous purposes, they're not always the most clinically friendly um, in terms of getting through the day, just in terms of how things, the way things are written, getting to the right language, so we need to be able to have sort of coding behind that. That's really, frankly, should be invisible to the clinicians that makes navigating through those code sets easier. And then we can either display the codes or not display the codes, you know, as, as people want to. But for the most part, other than, you know, some ICD codes that people use commonly, most people don't really have a long list of those in their head. And certainly not the SNOMED codes. They're really just too long. Think too many digits. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the one of the goals I have personally, and I think it's probably one of your goals as well, is to be a part of an EMR system that will allow a clinician just to practice medicine, mm -hmm. go in, ask the questions they need to ask, document what they need to document, and let all of the quality measures and HCC coding and all of the EC, you know, the 2020 guidelines for ENM uh, coding, all that to just happen behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I would take that sort of one step further in that, you know, how do you automate as much of that as possible? How do you, you know, present, present to people what they need to know, present gaps in care? And it doesn't just have to be to the end using cl clinician, you know, whether that be a physician or a nurse practitioner or, or a PA for that matter. Um, it takes the entire care team to effectively treat patients and we need to leverage the entire care team. So, you know, thinking again, as, as an internist, 
you know, you have a patient who's a 65 year old with diabetes, hypertension, and congestive heart failure in a 15 minute slot. Well, if you can really take care of that patient effectively in 15 minutes, more power to you. Um, I can't. So you get behind, which is because you're doing the right thing for the patient. And I think that's okay. And then the next slot is a 31 year old, otherwise healthy with a cold. And the first response is at some level, oh, thank goodness, I can catch up from the person I just spent 40 minutes with. But what you miss because they came in for a cold is they're overdue for their tetanus shot. Something really simple that we know works and prevents bad outcomes. So how do you have the system point that out? Not Again, not necessarily to the physician, but perhaps to the medical system when they check in so that you know, we can tee all of those things up and we can do what we know works no matter what the reason was and take advantage, you know, effective advantage of every single touch with the patient. Absolutely. Maximize your time and quality, regardless of who's actually providing the care. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going to end um, our podcast with the same question I ask everyone. So if you had a magic wand and you could make one thing happen in healthcare IT, just one, and some people have not come up with just one, what would it be? What would you wave your magic wand and say, it's done? Oh, if I had to, if I had to pick one at, at a bigger level, it would be interoperability. But truthfully, I'd rather, I think there are a few things that we can do um, that really have a greater impact on day-to-day -day practice. And so if I had to pick one, I would take a, a good swipe at medication management because certainly in the outpatient space, that's one of the most dangerous things that we do really improve the way the communication between pharmacies and practices around medications, e-prescribing, to make that more seamless than, than it is today. Great choice, because you're absolutely correct. If we could manage that better, I think better outcomes would definitely follow. Yeah. Definitely okay. follow. So Michael, if somebody wants to get in touch with you or Greenway, um, how would they do that? Yeah, the best way is to go to the website, greenwayhealth.com. And there's a contact us option there. Um, and you can certainly reach out. Or you can reach out directly to me. It's, it's michael.blackman at, at greenwayhealth.com. Well, Michael, uh, it's been a pleasure. As it is always when I talk to you, it's, it's fun to talk to folks of like mind. So thank you for coming and thank you for your comments. And we'll talk soon. Great. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Tell Me Where It Hurts. Tune in to Healthcare Now Radio and Podcast Network each month for the latest episode. To learn more about Medicomp Systems, visit our website at www.medicomp.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at MedicompSys or myself at MedicompDoc, or check out the show notes for links. See you next time.